Welcome to the Take Care and Live podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen, and I am so glad you pressed play. Today, we're going to talk about pushing through the belief gap, that gap between what you believe is possible for yourself and what other people believe is possible for you. Truth be told, you and I will find ourselves in situations where people don't always embrace our belief for what's possible or attainable, no matter how simple or clear the path to it might be. But just because they're struggling to believe doesn't mean you have to. So let's dig in. Let's take care and live. Well, welcome, everybody. So glad to see you again. Episode two of the Take Care and Live podcast. Today, we're going to talk about pushing through the belief gap. You know, belief gaps are not uncommon. The belief gap is that gap between what you believe is possible for yourself and what others believe is possible for you. Sometimes it's a gap between what people believe for themselves. Uh, But today we're going to talk about the belief gap nonetheless And I think this is an issue that I want to put in perspective for all of us, because sometimes when we see people have or experience a belief gap, we assume that it's because they have ill intentions for us, right? That they want to see us fail. When in reality, it has more to do with that person's own struggle and pushing through their own belief system. And there's just a misalignment between the two of you. And so when we hear someone articulate resistance between what we have faith for, uh, we can vilify them, right? We can tend to um, make that person the enemy of our ambition or our goal or the vision um, for whatever that new um, reality might be. Um, And we can get stuck in giving more time and emotional energy to that person's unbelief than we ought to. And as a result, it will compromise the quality of our own focus, uh, the quality of our own energy that should really be directed towards the place we're moving towards and where we're forging ahead. And so how we handle belief gaps, the gap between what you believe is possible for yourself and what others may even believe is possible for you or for themselves is critical. It can either sabotage your future or it can set you up for success. And so this just reminds me of my own growing up. I remember um, in high school, quite frankly, I was quite the knucklehead in high school Um, I didn't have my act together academically like I wanted to, didn't really start getting myself together till the end of my sophomore year. Uh, and it was during, was by the end of my sophomore year, I decided I wanted to go to college. And so I had to make a decision to turn things around. And one of the major mindset changes I made was in my belief system. Uh, my belief in what I believe was possible for me. And so in my ambition and desire to go to college, the one university I had on my radar was Lincoln University. Now I'm talking about Lincoln University in Pennsylvania, which is the first historically black undergraduate institution in the United States. It was founded in 1854. Big shout out to all my LU brothers and sisters. 
And so during that time, my passion to go to college grew. And that was the one school uh, I had my eyes on others, but that was the one school I had this unshakable commitment and belief for attending. Besides the fact that other schools, you know, some of them I didn't even get into. I didn't have a fighting chance. Uh, but this school in particular, I had changed course. I had a vision for this place. And I didn't know if I had a fighting chance there either, but I was willing to give it a shot. And so my parents at the time were working class and, you know, paying for college, like many families today, is a big leap. Um, college has just gotten more expensive uh, these days. Um, and I had taken my parents to the open houses in New York City because at the time I was I was living in the Bronx. And so we went to open houses they did in New York City about the school. I took my dad. My dad drove me to see the campus. Um, and so I had taken them along with me on this journey uh, towards my new reality that I was hoping for. And I remember at one crucial point my senior year, we were driving into the city. I was driving into the city with my mom one morning because she worked in Manhattan and I went to school in Manhattan uh, to music and art performing arts high school. And so she would drop me off close to a train where I can continue on to school. So, yeah, in case you didn't know, I was a bit of an artsy singer guy. Um, and so um, I remember we we're heading into the city and my mom pauses before I get out the car, get out the car. And she tells me. Um, Stephen, I know you want to go to college, but I think you need to think about another school and think about some alternatives. And I remember being so agitated after hearing that because those words uh, for me sounded like she was not supporting me, that she was against me going to college. And that wasn't it at all. What she was doing was mustering up the courage to be honest with me about what she believed was possible based on the circumstances she was in, right? What she believed was possible on her end to support this vision for going to college that I had. Um, and it was the honest thing to do. You know, as a mother who loved her son, you know, it was she she needed to be honest with me as her child about what her capacity was as a parent, as it related to what she could do to bring my vision into a reality. And I think it's critical for that level of honesty to exist in a parent child relationship because children need to know that you as a parent won't always be able to uh, take them to the finish line of what they're dreaming for, right? That's that's not necessarily a parent's job. Um, and I think that level of honesty gives young people the space to cultivate their own determination, to test their own resilience in challenging situations. And so to, to rob that honesty and that level of honesty in the relationship from your children could actually uh, set them up for failure. So I appreciated my mom being honest and I and sharing her truth with me about her ability to afford to send me to college. But for me as a teenage guy, that created a tremendous sense of anger and frustration because it was diametrically opposed to a belief that I was holding to. And that's OK. Um, I think it's important to land on that point in particular because um, not everyone will have the faith to believe in what you believe for. Sometimes we get angry 
with people for not having the same level of confidence in something that we're called to have faith for when it was our role to have faith for it, not theirs. Um, Going to college was a vision I had. It wasn't a vision that my mother or father had. Of course, they wanted me to be successful. They wanted me to pursue something that I valued. But going to the college uh, recruitment meetings and and going visiting campus, those were things my parents could do. Right. They can take that part of the journey with me. But that belief, that will to get there, that was my work. That was my responsibility. And that's really important because some of us are still holding on to anger or we're holding people on the hook for not stewarding our belief the way we wanted them to when it wasn't their responsibility to do that. And so, you know, free people up, free people up. Uh, Stop holding them hostage emotionally for not having the same level of expectation that you had. You know, we can't hold people emotionally hostage for something they didn't believe yesterday and and hold them hostage for it today. It it, it isn't fair. Um, We are keeping them in some kind of emotional purgatory of unforgiveness that doesn't do either one of us. Well, so letting people off the hook for not believing something we personally value or holding ourselves accountable to or believing for um, is just a healthy space to be in, uh, particularly when um, it wasn't their responsibility or neither did they step up and say that they're aligning with that same belief. Uh, You are really freeing yourself up when you let them go uh, so you can give your mind, your will, your emotions and align it more steadily to what you have the confidence for and what you have the ambition for. And when I think about my own journey in this story about me pursuing college, uh, I needed to hold on to my belief, which I did. I held on to my belief about going to college. Um, I did get into the school Uh, And my parents were able to build upon that belief by supporting me and getting there. I mean, my mom drove me to campus. Uh, My dad helped out as much as he could, you know, financially. But my mom and my godparents, they rallied uh, and provided supports uh, to give me the resources I needed to get to school. Um, And that was important work. But I knew that getting there was my business. That was my job. And there will be times when there will be other people who are charged with having the same level of belief that you had, or at least you thought they had the same level of belief for something. uh, And yet you discovered there was a gap between uh, what you had confidence for and what they had confidence for. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about keeping your confidence intact for when you are actively hoping for something and others around you are losing their confidence and even attempting to sabotage this movement in faith that you have towards an action or a vision or a new reality. We'll be right back.
Well, welcome back. So we were talking about this issue of belief and the belief gap, this gap between what you believe for yourself and what others are believing for you or even for themselves. And how do you handle that gap? Um, how do you keep your belief, your confidence intact when others are losing their own faith, when others are even becoming skeptical about the whole situation, right? And the whole possibility. And so honestly, there is really one powerful story from history that I can think of that communicates how you and I can do this well. And so you might be listening to this and may not have a particular spiritual belief or faith, but I want to help you uh, navigate the main idea of this podcast episode today around the belief gap and how do you navigate that belief gap. So I want you to hear me out uh, because it gives a pretty good picture of what you and I can do practically to handle those moments when our deeply embedded belief and hope and confidence for something gets challenged as a result of the shifting tide of other people's belief. And so this story, this account in history is about two people, well, about 12 people, really about a nation, but there are key figures in this event in history that really make the difference and I want us to pay attention to. And so two men in particular that are highlighted in this story are Caleb and Joshua. And they are two of 12 people who were assigned to go visit this new territory, this new land they were going to be given called Canaan. And in this account in history, we don't get the sense that the journey to this new reality, this new place called Canaan was going to be a walk in the, in the park. Um, they were certainly going to need to stand up for themselves and confront some challenges that would be presented to them. But nevertheless, they were as a people group, the people of Israel, they were promised this new land called Canaan. And so 12 men were assigned to kind of spy out the land, to scout out the land, to see if it was worth walking into, right? If it was going to be a place that they could thrive. And so the 12 men had gone. They saw that the land was healthy, that it was a place they can live with no problem. They even gathered samples of the land to show the rest of the people of Israel what it looked like. And so they had made this trip and they saw it was all good. And when they got back, 10 of the 12 scouts, 10 of the 12 people that had gone, for the exception of Caleb and Joshua, they began to report out to the crowd. The crowd wanted to know what it was like. And 10 of them began to talk about how great the land was, how fertile it was, how it was a land where they could prosper and not just move into, but they can actually grow for generations to come. I mean... It was, for the most part, sounding really good. And then those 10 men, those 10 people started to talk about the fact that the people who lived there were intimidating and they couldn't possibly see themselves going in that direction without losing, without 
being taken over themselves. Now, these are thousands upon thousands of men and women that they're reporting to thousands upon thousands of men, women and children and all the people that they're reporting to. They had already gone through their own hell, right? They had escaped slavery. They had escaped genocide. Many of them had escaped uh, attacks from rebel armies and militias who had approached them while they were traveling and heading out of this land of slavery into this new territory. They had survived periods of food shortages. I mean, um, there was a lot that they had their way. And yet, even having overcome all of those challenges, the report from these 10 people began to break their confidence. Something that they were headed for, something that they were hoping for, something that they had a belief for, suddenly a large gap in confidence began to exist and be created. And truth be told, that gap in confidence, that gap in hope was already residing in those 10 men and was showing up in how they were communicating the possibilities to the rest of the people that they were reporting out to. Here they were on the threshold of a new reality. They were just on the precipice of a new beginning. And all of those thousands and thousands of people had already overcome so much hardship and so many other barriers found themselves crumbling under the words of 10 men, 10 people who were giving an account that wasn't positive on all sides, right? This belief that they all had and shared that this new territory could be a place that they could make their home, that they can make a new reality, a new life for themselves was falling apart as a result of the words of a handful of people. Those 10 men, those 10 people were experiencing a belief gap. They were experiencing a gap in their confidence that was creating a challenge for everyone else that they were responsible for leading into what was promised to them. That they were responsible for leading into a new reality that they were all hoping for. And I find it interesting that those 10 people, those 10 men, they were trusted leaders who were assigned along with Caleb and Joshua to go see this new territory, to go spy out this new territory. And yet neither of them seemed to have communicated their lack of confidence on the way back from that land that they were scouting. They could have used that opportunity to talk it through, to really help face their own lack of belief and work through it before they essentially poisoned everybody else's mindset when they returned. But they didn't do that. I found that quite interesting. And I wonder, you know, who are you allowing to toss water on the fire of your belief? Who are you giving permission to sabotage your travel plans towards your new reality that's being opened up for you? We will undoubtedly face that a number of times throughout our lives. But I want to give us some direction on how to navigate that, because in spite of those 10 people's responses, Caleb and Joshua had a very different response. They're actually a great model of how you and I can push through a belief gap. 
So one, sometimes closing a belief gap requires keeping the message front and center for everyone. What happened in this account in history is these 10 men shared their unbelief, their lack of belief, and that began to spread. However, Caleb did something different. Once he heard and saw the impact that these 10 folks lack of belief, lack of confidence was having, Caleb pushed his way into the crowd and rearticulated the possibility. He reaffirmed the possibility that moving into this new territory, moving into this new land, moving into this new opportunity was possible. You want to give people an opportunity to recapture the hope of what's possible when they may be losing their hope as a result of fear or intimidation that's produced by other people's unbelief. Now, you don't want to let convincing them be your primary aim, but you do want to provide them with another opportunity to push past their own unbelief. Right. And that's what Caleb did. He pushed past what the naysayers were communicating, the instilling of fear, and he used his voice to elevate for them that success was still possible. You see, you never know who's listening. And so it behooves you to take a hold of an opportunity and reshare the possibility, reaffirm the belief that is possible. Create an opportunity and a chance and a moment for people to recapture their faith to move forward. But focus on communication. Don't focus on convincing them. Okay, that's key. Caleb focused on recommunicating the promise, recommunicating the possibility, but he did not over obsess and try to convince them. Two, maintain your own personal commitment to the vision, despite what everyone else around you is doing and how they're responding. Okay, make sure you maintain your own personal commitment to the vision, despite what others around you, wherever their mind or emotions may be landing. The primary responsibility is for you to care for your own belief gap. And you cannot do that if you're over obsessing or obsessed with everyone else's lack of confidence. Caleb did that well, despite what other people were saying and doing and how they were responding. He took advantage to recommunicate the possibility, but overall and above all, he maintained his commitment to that vision. Of course, he was disappointed that other people were diminishing in their confidence, right? But he had the responsibility to move forward himself. He did not allow their lack of confidence to dictate his own commitment to seeing the reality come to fruition in his own life. And that's critical. And then last, be prepared to move into the new reality with a different group of people than you initially intended to. That ended up being the case here. Caleb and Joshua, they maintained their belief even though many of the people fell into the trap of disbelief as a result of the messaging by those 10 other leaders. Okay. Disbelief will grab people along the way, 
But you have to be mindful and be prepared that when unbelief or lack of confidence or lack of hope grips other people, that you may have to continue the journey with a different set of folks who will believe and whose belief is in alignment with your own. Okay. You want to honor that process. You want to accept that because moving forward with people who are overwhelmed with the possibility of failure will only create more headaches. Remember the journey isn't for everyone. Okay. The trip is not going to be for everyone. The opportunity may be accessible for everyone, but not everybody will take the trip. So don't attempt to hold on to anyone against their will. All right. Because at the end of the day, what's going to matter most is where you landed in your belief in that moment. In the moment of opportunity, where did you land in your belief? Did you forge ahead and take action? Did you feed your belief with the evidence that presented itself about just how much of a great opportunity this was to move forward? Did you feed your belief with what you saw and know to be true for this new reality? Or did you succumb to the unbelieving value system of others? That's going to matter more than anything else. Because at the end of the day, you win more believers with your actions than with your words. So I hope this was helpful. I'm excited to hear about how you have applied these principles from this historic story. And maybe you glean something helpful from my own to inform how you can close belief gaps in your work, in your relationships, in your movement towards a better reality for you and for quite frankly, what will end up being a better and a brighter reality for others as a result of your insistence on moving in confidence and with a great sense of hope and with a strong belief in the possibilities for the future. It may certainly take some time, but you keep the faith. Take care and live. Thank you for joining this episode of the Take Care and Live podcast. So glad you stopped by. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. You could also write a review so others get to know just how much you enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon. And in the meantime, take care and live.